Welcome to the season finale of season three. Today, I am sitting down with Miranda McKeon. Now, that name might sound familiar to you because we had her on in season one in which she talked about her acting career and experience with breast cancer. But today, we are going to focus on chatting with Miranda about her company, Fill Your Tank. Fill Your Tank is a deck of conversation cards made to foster connections between friends and strangers. It has an amazing story behind it, and I am so excited for her to share that with all of you. So without further ado, let's see what Miranda's perspective really is. Welcome back to Perspective. Thank you so much for having me. It's of course. A I'm very excited because it's actually the first time we have a reoccurring guest, like coming wow, back. I'm honored. So it's very exciting. Wow. <laughs> um, okay, so you know the drill. We usually do start with, you know, tell us about yourself, how'd you end up at SC, all of that jazz, but we've already done that. So we can just jump. Done that. Let's get to the nitty gritty. Exactly. What's your deepest fear? Like, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, no. Okay. So that's so fill your tank of you. Oh oh my god, it kind of is. Okay, segue. Um, okay. So I was wondering, or not wondering. The reason why I love fill your tank so much is that it's so mission focused, and it's also so you. And like, I don't know, just like so Miranda. Like when I see it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like Miranda. Like reincarnated into like a card game so I was wondering if you could just talk about like why connection and like fostering that is so important to you and kind of like why you decided to make a product based around all this yeah hmm I think it I I was thinking about it this morning just when we were driving in our car and I feel like fill your tank mirrors a lot of like the growth that I've done as a human Mm -hmm. in this life and kind of is a little bit of the culmination or manifestation of something that I've decided that's really really important to me which is friendships in life and I think initially like the burgeoning of all of this started probably when I was early in high school um and actually did not have the best experience with friends. Like, I had a little bit of a rocky start in high school and couldn't really find my place and shifted around for a while and was a bit of a floater for a long time. (laughs) That word is just funny to me, floater. I was. was It's a good description. I had a ton of friends, but all in different areas. And, you know, I'd been burned by a few people. wasn't awesome. And then um, everything shifted going into my senior year. I fell into this amazing friend group that kind of came together, um, comprised of these women from all different walks of life in terms of like some were in athletics, some were in theater, some were in engineering and like all far and few between. And we all came together and kind of just decided that like we were going to be together as a group and we wanted to make it as good as possible and it started out from a place of just being like a really supportive female circle where we knew that 
all of our wins individually were a win as a collective. And I had never experienced anything like that. Like that was truly a shock to my system of being like, oh my God, like we're not going to go home and I don't have to be scared that someone's going to be like talking about me behind my back. And, you know, like we're all here for the collective of, or the good of the collective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's when I think I felt the true effects of what female friendship could be and what like a magical thing that is in our lives because I think there are so many like micro micro injuries we suffer as women walking through this world and to be able to um, not view other women as like your competition but rather Mm -hmm. as a place for like solace and healing and all of that just transforms like your life 360 um and so that's kind of where fill your tank started was trying to truly be intentional about friendships and like bring them to the next level and really like have a tool to make it easier to kind of fall in love with the people that you're surrounding yourself with Mm -hmm. I don't know where that brings us (laughs) (laughs) no I think that I was just thinking about my own experience selfishly, but, like, even coming to school, like, I remember people here were, like, asking me, like, way deeper questions than I, like, ever would have been asked in high school. I was like, oh, we're not going to talk about, like, what we did today. Like, we're going to talk about what are you feeling? Like, what what are your aspirations? And, like, actually having deep combos that are productive was like, oh, well, like, friendships can be... Not that I wasn't experiencing that in high school. I think I was just, like, immature in high school. But coming to college and have that, having that realization, I was like, oh, wow. Like, that was this such be so, yeah. a shift for me, too. And now it's actually a tool that I use in across all areas of my life. Um, one thing I would recommend for, like... I don't know how to make friends, how to find amazing friends. I think a lot of people come to me or come to you and are like, how do you have the most amazing people around you? Like that's the highest compliment that Mm -hmm. I could receive. And it's something that I get a lot is like, you just have an amazing group of friends. Like, how are you finding these people? And yes, a lot of it happens through like spontaneity, but also I'm super intentional and have gotten a lot of collected a lot of tools along the way that's helped me you know get to the place that I'm in and I think one piece of advice I would give to people is a classic one which is pay attention to your energy after you leave Mm -hmm. someone and like are you feeling like you need to take a nap or are you feeling like wow like Mm -hmm. that just added to my life and like there's no better feeling when someone leaves or whenever you you got lunch and you're walking home and you're like oh my gosh, that was so amazing. And you feel like more excited about the friendship than when you left. Um, And then the other one, which you had mentioned is, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Like, I think in my early high school friendships, a lot of it was talking about people. It was talking about stuff happening. It was gossiping. It was talking about clothes. Mm -hmm. It was talking about like what, I don't know, like, what's cool, what's not. Yeah. And it was, like, fun. And there is a time and a place for that. And we talk about clothes all the time. Yeah. Like, we love to psychoanalyze people. It happens <laughs> from time to time, you know? I'm not um, saying I'm, like, 20... It, that would suck if you were existential 24-7. Mm-hmm. That's not a way to live. That'd be a lot. But I do think, like, 
there's a deeper level of conversation when you are talking to someone and you actually have perspectives. Oh my God. <laughs> Loving that. <laughs> perspectives to share. Um, and you can bring, and you really bring something to the table. Mm-hmm. And you're not just, you know, picking on everything outside of you. You're actually able to talk about yourself, to ask someone real genuine questions about themselves and listen and share. Um, and that's where the magic happens. And that's when you'll feel those relationships like begin to solidify in your life in ways that you can't picture your life without them um it and it makes it harder for like (laughs) this sounds weird but it makes it harder for people to leave Mm -hmm. does that sound like crazy no okay you just like talking about this i'm like friendship is so awesome like it's when you really think about it it's like sometimes you know i'm like we're living in this also for context me and Miranda live in the same house but it's like so awesome that all like 10 of us or however many there are like all live in this one little place and we can just like bop around and like we get to sit with each other all the time it's I don't know college is so special I think especially for friendships because your friendships become your family and like you lean on them for everything the good the bad and it's so unlike high school that like you don't just see them when you go to school or like a party I think also on that note like I am so much better off going into my senior year when I realized that, like, I stopped having this scarcity mindset about romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, like, the the relationships I have with my girlfriends, mine is, like, physical intimacy. <laughs> right? No, I know what you're saying. Or literal love. Mm-hmm. Like, across these four years together, I think we've all fallen in love with each other in different Mm -hmm. ways and friendship can be like so intimate and beautiful and feel like romance Mm -hmm. like there are times where I'm like wow we just went on a really like romantic dinner date together that was amazing and I think once I realized that like sure being in a romantic relationship is a different kind of love and Mm -hmm. you know like we all want that to happen for us at some point, but I'm not out there trying to chase it because I realized that my love bucket is already so filled up by the people we have in our lives. And what more could I ask for other mm-hmm. than that? Like, I just, I already have it. Yeah. I have what I want, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, obviously, like, mine is the, like, physical intimacy, but, like, I'll, like, come home and I'll be like, ooh, who's home? Like, I, like, genuinely get, like, excited to, like, I don't know, it's like you have, like, a friend crush. We've talked about yeah. this before, but, yeah, it is very, like, exciting. And, yeah. I don't know. You just get excited to even, like, get to know them even more on a deeper level. But, okay, so fill your tank. In high school, like, you found a great group of friends right. and would have these, like, more deeper, less... Um, superficial. Superficial, thank you. Um, discussion. So how did that... I guess that kind of inspired your company, I guess. 100%. Right? Yeah. And it did... Um, it wasn't just based out of, like, this more vague love of friendship, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, it really started in practice before it was even a physical product and I know Chloe introduced it but Fill Your Tank is a company that makes card games so we make card games to foster connection and they're conversation based um, question prompts to 
make conversation. That was redundant. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, my friends and I would play fill your tank in the car going on road trips to upstate New York or where else did we even go? Even just like into the city. Mm-hmm. Um, we would ask each other questions and we thought it was so fun because we realized that we would start to talk about things that we had never talked about. Mm-hmm. Like we were on FaceTime throughout all of quarantine and we would even go into like little car trunk circles. So we had spent hours and hours and days and months talking. Mm. And then when we would, you know, lock ourselves in a car together and ask these intentional questions that we would normally just be like making up in our heads or we would look up lists online and eventually like ran through them. Um, we realized that we were just like exploring different parts of each other's brains that were so fun and that we had never seen before and we all just fell in love and kind of got addicted to it and I was like wow this is actually so crazy and has taken these already super deep relationships to a totally different level and it's just plain fun Mm -hmm. um and I was like what if I make this into a physical thing and and she did. Yes, she did. And it's taken over so much more of my life than I ever anticipated it to. And that's because I've fallen in love with the process. Mm-hmm. And it's also been one of the most difficult things I've ever done and has challenged me in ways where I'm like, I'm not a business moncoon. What's that word? Not expert isn't the right word, but it's like like yeah. that. Um, yeah. It challenges me. Yeah, I just think, like, I'm not a business guru. Guru, that's what it is. How did that... <laughs> Help! Help! Um, okay, so, speaking of starting the business, you did this also, basically, all while we were abroad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy when you think about it. But <laughs> I was wondering, like, okay, so you were like, okay, I'm going to make this company. I want to make a deck of card conversation cards. Like, what was your first step that you took to really, like, solidify that you were going to do this? Yeah. I would encourage, before I even begin with this, I would encourage anyone who has any sort of idea to just, like, kind of try and start doing it Mm -hmm. because it's the hardest part yeah it's the hardest part and you'll also realize that like I had this initial moment where I was like okay I want to bring this to life and then I was like wait how do I actually make a deck of cards like Mm -hmm. what where do I even begin with this and it can feel overwhelming but you'll realize that like what I've realized through this process is that anyone who has made anything whether it's like I don't know, the most complex robot in the world. Like, they started as a little baby mm-hmm. infant from square one. And no one has, like, the secret keys to the world. You are just as capable as anyone else in bringing something from your brain into the physical world. Um, and that's something that I think is so neat, mm-hmm. is that someone might look at me and be like... I don't know, think that I'm in some other category because I, like, made something. But I'm really just, like, I'm just a girl. You're you know? just a girl. And I just made a deck out. of cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so what I started doing was talking about it first mm-hmm. and kind of toying with the idea just in, like, casual forums between friends and family. Um, 
and I put the idea out on social media just to kind of see if there was like any sort of engagement or interest mm-hmm. and asked for honest feedback. And I couldn't have asked for a more perfect start um, in that someone came forward who <laughs> was a girl a couple years older than me and she was like hi my name is Megan and I run card game business for a living and I'd love to help you oh that's awesome and I was like wait what so I hopped on a call with her and she has now become very much of a mentor figure to me uh and she basically we hopped on this call and she helped me get started with like places to look for manufacturers and distributors and Uh, explain to me how she markets and all of this stuff that would have taken me, you know, another six months or so Mm -hmm. to learn. And there was nothing really in it for her other than like, I'm sure at some point we will go like do some sort of business or collab or something like that in the future. Um, But it so inspired me to view business as like I I don't know it's sounds like cutthroat but it can also be a really awesome place and forum to exchange ideas and information and help people who are kind of coming after you down a certain path like now I'm so much more inspired to help younger girls who want to start something Mm -hmm. um, and give them all of the knowledge and contacts and everything that I've collected along the way because you know, like we're not direct competitors. And so it's nothing against her for helping me. And it was just like the nicest, most serendipitous Mm -hmm. relationship that formed right from the get go. Yeah. I guess as like humans, we like innately just like not assume the worst, but like when someone like does something like that and like goes out of their way to like help you with like, you were saying like nothing in it for them other than just like being a nice person it's like oh wow like there are good people in this world yeah it's such like a breath of fresh air I don't know that sounds like very pessimistic but I think that I don't know it's amazing to be like pleasantly surprised by like other people and you really can create change like that Mm -hmm. like it's such a ripple effect yeah I was gonna say because then it inspires you to help people too totally Okay, so Megan was helping you out, put you in touch with the manufacturers and whatnot, but how did you, like, write the cards? Because obviously that is, like, the content of the product. Did you have a running list from when you and your friends would go through these questions, or, like, how did you go about curating that? Yeah, so I had a running list from when my friends and I would play, and I initially started this process off with a business partner who did a lot of the copywriting for the actual questions um, and her brain is absolutely brilliant and so she came up with a lot of the questions and then as we kind of went our separate ways I finished it off um, and had a pretty good foundation to start off with and thankfully with that deck a lot of the questions had already been tried and true Mm -hmm. and tested and played a million times so I was like okay I feel really confident about putting these in um now in my process I'm totally solo in developing the questions and it is so fun and so hard but it kind of just comes like I'll think of like five at a time or Mm -hmm. ten at a time or one randomly during the day and I just keep a running notes list on my phone and then eventually I put them into a more formal um document 
but I just have to bring them up with people mm-hmm. and play them yeah. because anything sounds stupid in your head until you you know like speak it into existence mm-hmm. and so it's fun to kind of test them out and we've even I haven't we been in the car and like brainstorm before or maybe it's been someone else I don't know Nat sure. and I came up with a lot of them mm. for um on aux oh that's so exciting so we did a ton of those over the summer yeah you gotta that's some fun consumer research you just get to play it's so fun <laughs> it's honestly one of the most fun parts yeah Okay, so you had your questions all ready to go. So what came next? Because I'm always interested in, like, the process that people go through. Was it, like, sending it out to the manufacturer? Like, did you have to do, like, branding first? Like, what what was the next step? So the first initial step was I went to a designer mm. who I had seen their work online um, and loved it. And I had asked her to make essentially like the foundational branding for fill your tank so she made the logo she made the fonts she made the color palette um and a lot of those foundational tools that I needed to move forward and just like you know I don't even know stamping a logo on a document or for all of the social media assets um and kind of to create a brand identity so once we had that done I gave her the initial list of questions Mm -hmm. and she started designing the actual cards and if you haven't seen them on our social media they basically have individual icons on all of them that relate to the question so while she was working on that I was working on coordinating distribution and Mm. production um and yeah that's kind of how that step went Mm -hmm. I remember you like 3d modeling a (laughs) box when we were living in Rome yeah I was trying to take the graphics that she made and mock them up onto onto yeah 3d models online that was weird (laughs) i hated that i remember in rome like you would just be doing the most like insane things for fill your tank like starting it out like you would be like calling people you would be getting emails from the designer like be like so excited to like see what they came up with that's so exciting like in the process such a fun phase Mm -hmm. I think I got initial maybe logos or something while we were in Rome and I remember being so excited to share them with you every time I'd be like Chloe look what I got I would I would get so excited that's like like Christmas yeah because it's like it's finally like coming into like a tangible identity that you can like refer to back in your head because if it doesn't have like a a logo or something like you don't know how to I don't know like place it yeah you you need something to grab onto Mm -hmm. that's visual yeah and both of us are really visual people so that was like a really amazing step in bringing it to life yeah I definitely have gone through a lot of different iterations of just like figuring out different work systems that work or don't work 3d modeling was not one that has stayed in my current process um it did did i did need to do it because i needed an initial like visualization of what something would look like on a box Mm -hmm. because my designer will hand me flat lays of like what a box template looks like but that's not at all what the actual box 
like folds up mm-hmm. to be and so I just wanted to see it and that was a challenge I went through it was like all of these ugh, there have been so many different times where I'm like this is above my pay grade I don't know how to do this but I'm the only one working mm-hmm. on this thing so I have to yeah so that was me like downloading software in Rome trying to I don't even know piece things together or barcodes was a challenge I was doing barcodes in Rome too um or was I what do you mean barcodes? maybe that was after like I was want to start selling fill your tank in stores ah and when I went to go do so I was like oh I need a barcode <laughs> and I need these sort of regulations <laughs> to be able to sell a product and so I had to go to some like online government thing register barcode <laughs> translate it through some barcode reader and then like see these are the things people do not tell you like they don't you don't tell think that. about that no it's crazy not at all you never think about a barcode mm-hmm. where would you even go to purchase one i don't know i barely <laughs> didn't know you had to purchase a barcode it. like yeah you think they would just they're kind of like, cheap i'm like is that why. on canva like i would probably just like actually like grab one from online and be like yeah this will work (laughs) no I did for a while mocked it up Mm. you know what's also awful while we're in this small forum um I'll tell you other things that people don't tell you when I was (laughs) mocking up the website I was like I'm pretty sure I need la di da terms of service and privacy policy on there where do you go to get that? Is that like when you hit like accept cookies? Girl, like, I don't thing? even know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, take my cookies. <laughs> you know that <laughs> That's meme? like a website server thing, but to actually purchase something from a website or to be viewing a website, there's liability in that. And so you need terms of service and privacy policy. And I had no idea how to do this. I was working with a lawyer at the time, but it was like communication was far and few between and I was like I just don't even have time to like wait to launch this thing to get the privacy policy done so what I did was what did you do <laughs> I went to websites and read their privacy policies and pulled out clauses that I thought would apply to mine sounds about right and I mod posh it together and made a terms of service and privacy policy out of thin air as like, you should I don't know what I was protected from I don't even know if that's legal it is surely I mean you're... I made it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think is like so awesome about entrepreneurship is like you have to no, get no, no. creative and you have scrappy. To get scrappy yeah love that word you have to figure it out and like there's no rule book or playbook that someone is like here you need to do xyz next it's just kind of like you're making it all happen and you got to do what you got to do and I feel like that is when people learn so so much like now you know how to write a privacy policy you know where to get a barcode you know how to 3d model adding all that to the resume yeah I guess I don't know when I'll use it yet. that's okay you did what you needed to do um so now I guess talk a little bit more about like I think the manufacturer and distributing is so interesting because that's like something I again just like never would have thought of I mean obviously it makes sense but like how much like back and forth was that was it hard communicating with them um how did you go about setting that up like what how did you 
Yeah. How'd you do that? Um, <clears throat> I think <sighs> with manufacturing, so like I said, um, the woman who had helped me in the beginning set mm. me up with oh, her yeah. manufacturer and uh, also a distributor. But the distributor is like probably one of the most commonly known in the U.S. It's like a very popular drop shipper. And so the site that I originally used is called makeplayingcards.com. Loving that. Can you believe that? (laughs) It's so simple. It is so simple. I no longer use them. um, But that's like how simple it can be sometimes to bring a product Mm. to life is like just researching where can I manufacture handbag where can I manufacture Mm -hmm. water bottle etc um and yeah so going back and forth with the manufacturer and distributor what I mainly learned was that everything takes way longer than Mm -hmm. expected and so that's just something I've learned time and time and time again is like you want designs done by this or you envision this project done by this deadline and everything gets pushed for me especially because I'm the only one doing Mm -hmm. it at least like four months down the line it's always so much later than expected and that's something that I'm also just like trying to get better at is once I have a project in my mind, I need to break down all of the steps needed to actually complete it. And then I realize like, oh, once I look at all the steps, this makes sense that that's going to take that Mm. long. Um, And so how my actual like supply chain works is that the goods that are manufactured are sent to my distributor and then my inventory basically lives in a warehouse under my distributor. And from there orders get placed on my online website which is integrated with the distributor so every time an order gets placed it notifies the distributor um and those two systems are linked together on like back-end tech and they will get a notification that an order has been placed it tells them what item to pick how many to pick the address to send it to and then those goods get sent from the distribution warehouse to the consumer it's like magic yeah every time i place a revolve order i can't believe that happens or like i know order anywhere you know what's really fun though i think i did so i went straight to using a distributor and a lot of small businesses will pack orders by hand yeah i just knew for me that that was i move around so much Mm. and I was never going to be able to take care of orders in a timely fashion and I probably wouldn't be where my inventory was and things would just get disorganized so fast. So that's an investment I've had to make. Um, At this point, it honestly doesn't even make like that much economic sense that I use a distribution partner. Um, But... It, it makes sense for me because it's, yeah. it's investing in the longevity and the sustainability of, like, me being able to do work on Fill Your Tank mm-hmm. that isn't just packing orders. Um, if I am, you know, I'm a student and I'm balancing a career on top of that and a social life on top of that and health on top of that. And so if I have, let's say, like, four hours a day to dedicate to Fill Your Tank, I don't want 
two of those hours being packing orders and driving totally. to the post office. I'd rather um, work on product development or branding or something like that that's really helpful in, in driving growth. Mm-hmm. So that was a big decision I made from the get-go. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about, yeah, the fact that, like, a lot of small businesses just do it themselves. But that makes sense because I feel like, especially USC and, like, college, we're always, we're never in the same place for more than, like, a few months, I you know? I why I brought that up is because um, introducing TikTok shop, I messed up the integration to my distributor. Mm-hmm. And so the orders have to be manually <laughs> translated from TikTok to um, my shipper, which I love. I think it's so fun because when I get an order, I get to like go on my laptop and go do 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 and like plug in all the details. <laughs> and I feel like I'm having that like first small business experience yeah. that I never got from the beginning. Yeah, I guess that's so true. So it's really tedious, but it's actually really fun. Mm-hmm. And I feel so much more like direct connection to the orders being placed because I'm seeing the actual name and address yeah. and like copy transcribing them down physically. Um, so that's actually been fun. I'm also not getting that many orders. If I was getting, like, 100 orders a day, I'd be like, okay, I'm over it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, it's fun to see, like... I mean, this sounds so obvious, but, like, that, like, real people are, like, ordering your stuff. And, you know, like, you could just, like, put a, a name to the order and it's not just like a number in the totally in the system but okay so you've got the manufacturer distributor distributor all linked up can you talk about the initial launch how you like went about organizing that <coughs> all of the things social media even too because i know that that has like a big role obviously yeah social media is the main and only outlet that i'm doing marketing right now and something I'm actually working on is being a lot more intentional around my campaigning and planning campaigns and that was something that crept upon me this holiday season was like Mm -hmm. what was it November rolled around and I was like oh wait I'm supposed to be prepping for holiday season (laughs) now I have to actually intentionally plan this and plan like how I'm gonna execute Mm -hmm. bringing this product shoot to life and whatnot um and from the beginning because from inception to creation there had been a lot of time in between of just sitting and waiting for stuff to be manufactured and produced and shipped and all of that um I had a lot of time to kind of ideate the launch and so I had done an initial product shoot and kind of like video interview series around it Mm -hmm. um explaining what the product what the mission was making sure that I had all of my key messaging communicated to the audience so that they I didn't want anyone to look at the launch and be like wait but what is it Mm -hmm. you know I wanted people to be like oh it's a deck of cards that creates conversation Mm -hmm. they are question prompts um you could play them in the car you could play them at dinner etc so that initial product shoot came across really well and I had been sourcing graphics for a while at the time I was reusing a lot of graphics from Pinterest and whatnot um since then I've incorporated a lot more like original work from just independent artists who I Mm. will use um freelance to create graphics for fill your tank and whatnot but that's what I was doing at the time 
Um, and then I was making a ton of TikTok videos. I've looked at my like breakdown of how much I was creating month to month. And those summer months I was making videos every single day and it did well for me. Like we had within the first, I think within the first week or so, one of the videos went really viral and that sold out the pre-order really quickly. Oh yeah, I remember this. And it was so exciting. I remember I was um, talking on the phone with my grandparents actually and I had posted a TikTok maybe the day before and I had a notification on my phone that would let me know every time someone ordered and it makes a little ching sound that's awesome it's by the so way. <laughs> awesome and so I was talking on the phone and I heard a notification come through I was like okay it was already launch week so you know stuff had been yeah. coming through I was like all right another one came through then it just started going like really rapid <laughs> chloe it was the craziest that's thing. awesome it was like, ching, oh. ching, ching. your grandparents like what is that <laughs> um and i was i remember being on the phone and being like wait i have to go figure this out like i don't know what's happening right now and i short it took me about three seconds to be like oh, something definitely went viral. And I checked on my phone and there was like hundreds of thousands of um, views coming through. And I was looking at my orders and just refreshing and they were like, it was going crazy. And that's like every small business owner's dream. Yeah. Um, And so to have that kind of gratification so early on was really just reinforcing and solidifying um my hope and my dream that like this would be something of value to people um and that people saw and said you know wow that will really enhance my life um enough to you know take a chance and buy something so that was awesome yeah also that's the power of social media right there like great example yeah it's been, an, it's been an amazing tool in bringing Fill Your Tank to life. Eventually, I would love to go. I was actually just writing about this for an assignment, but I'd love to start having in-person events. Mm. Um, that's totally different from social media, though, because social media does have the effect of virality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also has a... I don't know. We consume so quickly these yeah. days that anything you consume is like maybe five seconds and then it's thrown out of your brain mm-hmm. um and i'd love to begin creating really meaningful in-person experiences that are memory making and mm-hmm. lasting for people well that's also so true to the brand as well so i absolutely. think that, that would be awesome it's all i think a lot of people have asked me are you going to make an app or would you ever you know like translate just to an online forum Hmm. and I so see the demand for that and I think there is a lot of convenience with that I think I'm I'm trying to build this brand really intentionally and slowly um and part of that is staying true to that element of authenticity Mm -hmm. and connection that happens when we have something physical in our hands and we're not getting distracted by a notification or switching between apps or something like that um 
and so that's the route I'm going right now and I feel pretty confident in that but I agree with you I think like the in-person forum is kind of the the culmination or like manifestation of everything that fill your tank stands for so Mm -hmm. yeah I can I appreciate that you're keeping it physical because yeah like the fact that you have these cards in your hand it does pull you out of like your phone and right tech and it's just nice to like have a real conversation not like you know with a phone in the middle of it so absolutely I appreciate the physical product um so now I want to talk about you being a business woman because literally you could you're adding another thing to the resume like you do it all um but specifically like trials and tribulations and success stories that you've had like what have you learned from the process when you like zoom out and think about building fill your tank what are like or do you have like a moment where you had like an oh shit moment and like how you came back from that or you know like one person that like dm'd you that like said something really beautiful about fill your tank yeah i think when i zoom out from a macro lens i picture like 15 of me's with different hats on (laughs) and i realized that anytime i'm going to do something for fill your tank there's a few of them communicating at one time and i think the most interesting aspect of creating this by myself has been that i act as all of these different parties so there's like the financial person who's making budgets and taking care of the books and then there's the creative one who like wants to figure out how we're going to express ourselves and like how we want to be viewed as like an artistic entity in the world and they those two like get into arguments a lot and the artistic (laughs) one like hates budgets and the budgeting one is like wait we're not making money, you know? Like, yeah. This is a problem. That's um, so funny. And so I think it, when I look at it from, like, an outside perspective, I've gained a great appreciation for how much of a, li- a living, breathing entity a business is and how it, it it's taught me so much about the way that the business realm functions because I had never been like a business major Mm -hmm. or I think when people started talking about numbers or talking about the economy or all of these things I would literally shut my brain off like my brain would go dead because I just it didn't make sense I didn't care and I was like I am a creative that is not for me um and then I realized that there's actually a lot of artistry in all different types of mm-hmm. these business sectors. Um, and there is so much value to structure and to numbers and to planning and strategy as well. And the creative actually can't function without the strategic intention uh, as it as far as like running an actual business mm-hmm. um and so I think that's something I've learned that's like really beautiful and then also like you had mentioned was there anything like someone dm'd you or something mm-hmm. like that I forget and I oftentimes get lost in the operations of it all mm-hmm. and I think I started out really strong with like this connection to people and like the actual game and then as I am trying to 
to build this and scale this, I forget that at the forefront of that, it's building and scaling so that more people can experience what I have found so much joy and growth and um, magic in, which is this actual card game of fill your tank. Um, And so anytime someone will DM me or text me, um, or even actually this semester, I've had a lot of people come up to me in person that I don't know as well at school and say that they bought it for someone um, or they played it and it was like amazing and fun and funny. Um, Brings me back to reality. Yeah. Being like, oh my goodness, real humans are experiencing this and loving it as much as I do. And how crazy is that? That Mm -hmm. like something I thought was just in my own little world is being enjoyed by many other people um and that kind of centers me when I could get really wrapped up in the fact that like I don't know what's happening with manufacturing right now or I'm behind on planning this campaign launch for new year's or something like that Mm. I'm like you know what it's all gonna be okay yeah and it will grow in time Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like it is very easy to get wrapped up in like the day-to-day you know and like orders and you know, campaigns and, like, the logistics of it all. But, yeah, I guess just, like, zooming out and realizing why you started it, that is, like, so powerful and can fill your tank and keep you going. Absolutely. But I also think just one other thing I'm thinking about is the fact that, like, it's challenged a lot of personal, I guess, like, ethics in a way. Hmm. Um, And... I think we forget that, like, real people a lot of times are behind actual businesses. Yeah. Specific, when you said, was there, like, a, a challenge or something that you faced? This is not a challenge by any means, but it was something I was thoughtful about was in the beginning, there were so many orders going out um, that, like, naturally, uh, I don't know, you hear feedback from customers and just, like... Uh, different situations happening like an order would get delivered and then they saw that on their security camera someone took the order Mm. so can I send them another one or Mm. um their order like didn't arrive or something like that meanwhile the the carrier says that it was delivered at the door and in those situations like what do you do when I guess I've fulfilled my part on my end, but, like, it hasn't reached the door. And that had a moment of pause and being, like, what do I... What experience do I want to create for my customer? Mm -hmm. And I realized that, like, the best experiences I've had with brands is when they're overly accommodating. Totally. And um, so now I I have this happen, like, actually quite a bit Hmm. is... People will have packages stolen, um, especially if it's in, like, New York City or something like that. Um, And I'll just send them another one now. But it was something I'd never thought about before was, like, when you come across situations where you could go one way or the Mm -hmm. other, you have to really, like, hunker down and be like, okay, what kind of company do I want to be for someone? What kind of person do I want driving this? And it would be so easy to be, like sorry we don't send um follow-ups like you'll have to order another here's like a discount code if you want to order another one but I think 
getting quiet in those moments and being like, okay, this is a defining, this is a defining time to figure out how we're going to show up as, as a brand Mm -hmm. and as a person in this world, like who do we want to be? We want to be someone who's, who's open and receptive and accommodating. Um, and it's just I mean, that's one example of so many that have caused me to just, like, do some self-development. I think that, yeah, in that situation, it just goes to show, like, how intentional you've been with the brand, which is, like, from a consumer perspective, like, if I, like, didn't know you, like, that's something that is, like, so appreciative and, like, makes you want to, like, champion the brand, if that makes sense. Totally. So the whole, like, success model of Revolve is, like everyone loves them because they're what is it two-day shipping and free returns Mm -hmm. you try something on i'll order 10 dresses from them and keep one but like they have my business every time yeah (laughs) (laughs) also that makes me think my sister ordered something from merit beauty Mm -hmm. and she wanted to return it um because it wasn't, like, what she thought it was going to be. And so she emailed them. It was like, hey, like, looking to return this, like, whatever, whatever. And they emailed her back and were like, oh, actually, like, we don't do returns, but we'll give you a full refund. And if you want to just give the products to a friend, like, that would be great instead of, like, throwing it out or, like, letting it go to waste. And I was like, that is so smart because then you're letting someone else try the brand for free and, like, see how great it is and, like, let the product speak for themselves. So I just thought that was, like... That's lovely. Such an interesting approach to that situation. Absolutely. I think it goes to show, like, as a business owner, your decisions, like, affect the way that other people view the business, which sounds straightforward, but when you think of it in terms of, like, you know, those, like, ethical situations of, like giving um returns and refunds and all the little things that go into it that someone experiences with the brand it it does all add up to like how they see it and you also have to know that like like making those decisions you will like suffer losses from Mm -hmm. them and you just have to keep faith that those losses will be re remade and um compound in other ways that are Mm -hmm. beneficial Entirely. 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 Um, now, kind of, since you are a student founder, I know you've been taking a lot of classes this semester that have allowed you to work on Fill Your Tank, so I was wondering if you could speak about that experience, because yeah. it's been really cool to see you, like, think about different aspects of the brand because of USC. Totally. I didn't realize that a college education or honestly anything in life is what you make of it mm-hmm. <laughs> haha we've been told that for so long but it's so true this year I went into school and I had something that I was passionate enough about to push me to actually try and craft and tailor my education towards my personal interests um and so at the beginning of this semester I took I took this this project that I'm working on or this business that I'm working on to my professors and I said, "Hey, I have this thing going on. I'm really passionate about it. I think uh, I'd love I'm excited to take your class because I am hoping that the skills that I'm learning in class will translate and apply to my company." 
and I'm wondering if there's any way that we could work together to maybe alter some of the assignments um, to make these two entities fit together. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were more than happy to uh, help me do that. And one of them was a management of small business class, and the other one was a business and professional communication class, which I'm actually working on a SWOT analysis for Fill Your Tank right now. But it's, like you said, it's challenged me to look at Fill Your Tank from different perspectives, and a lot of it has been competitor analysis or just kind of like positioning a failure tank within the broader market which is something that I wouldn't have done otherwise I'm very focused on staying in my own lane Mm -hmm. but I think it is helpful to know like what trends are going on in the consumer goods space or the card game space um and look at things from a broader perspective and uh it's been helpful being open to feedback and implementing um, skills and different ways of looking at things. Mm-hmm. It's what like this podcast is all about: is learning from different people and mm-hmm. and getting a broader view of what's going on. Yeah, it all anything you learn, any conversation you have, or any experience you have, all amounts to the way that you look at the world, and all all experiences are valuable for for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that also like I feel like you go to school and you take these business classes and whatever to prepare you for when you need to utilize and lean on these skills that you're um, taking in. So it's cool that you're able to like learn, adapt and then implement like right away. I think that that's probably like so beneficial because you're able to like utilize the skills and like apply it to something that you're passionate about so I think that's like also been cool to see there's nothing to get you working harder on an assignment than knowing that like it's actually going to produce results Mm -hmm. in your actual life yeah like I don't know doing different projects in class I'm like uh normally if I was doing a real like or a traditional in-class assignment it would probably take me half the time but because Mm -hmm. I care so deeply about it and I want to get it right because I know that it's actually a great investment in the company makes me spend so much more time on it Mm -hmm. because I know what's at stake yeah you're also just smart for like leveraging your education here because I mean we're spending a lot on tuition and yeah you're just well that's something the most. that also we all do that in different ways right like you're involved in so many clubs and have you have taken advantage of your education more than anyone I know at this school and have honestly inspired me in so many ways to get involved in my own way um and there's different ways to do that so I'm not in any clubs at USC but through my in-person classes and being a part of entrepreneurship society um or just like different forums that I take are maybe like less traditional but it's my version of getting involved and I think that everyone can do that in different ways it doesn't always like have the same fit Mm -hmm. but 
yeah, I didn't do that my freshman, sophomore, or junior year. Granted, there were other complications. <laughs> yeah. Shout out the first episode that we recorded <laughs> to kind of explain why that was. But um, it's so worthwhile. Mm-hmm. You will like, we will never have access to these resources again. No. It's also awesome, awesome as well that like you have professors to go to as well and like ask questions. Like it's not like you don't have to set up a coffee chat with like someone you found on LinkedIn. Like you can just email your professor. Like they are an amazing resource that are here to help you. Um, so yeah, do you feel like they've been helpful in like giving feedback and whatnot? And, like are interested? Absolutely. And I'm gonna go actually. Um, I'm actually taking my another class with the same professor Glenn Fox who's um in the entrepreneurship school next semester but I'm planning on sitting down with him and like having him actually just look at my business alone Mm -hmm. outside of a class context and be like can you help me help I don't know what you are gonna do but I'd love like any of his Mm -hmm. perspective because he's like these people are all trained yeah this ain't their first rodeo Um, And lastly, to round things out, I was wondering if you could spill a little bit about the future of Fill Your Tank, because I know just like being friends with you, you've mentioned things in passing and it is so exciting, like the plans you have. And it's honestly like really impressive that you've like thought that far out. Um, So, yeah, I was just wondering, like, what are your hopes and dreams for Fill Your Tank? Is it going to be like a full time are you going to be full-time business owner, post-grad? Like, what is the future look like for you and fill your tank? So, I think in terms of, like, <laughs> obviously the first thing that stuck out about you saying that was, like, post-grad plans. Because that's what we're all freaking yeah. out about right now. Um, I think something I've learned about myself in these past few years is I am not meant to be full-time anything. So true. (laughs) That's just like not how my brain works. I like to have my toes dipped in many pools. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I would love to spend a great portion of my post-grad time on Fill Your Tank. um, And that means carving out time each day. And I'm kind of crafting my life in ways that support that dream Um, because there's so much I want to do with it. Mm -hmm. And I really do believe in it. Yeah. And I think it is going to take mounds and mounds and mounds of continual hard work. That's something that I've already learned. Um, But I think it's... It's something that I'm just so passionate about. And it's the first thing I've really found sustainable longevity in, Mm. in terms of interest and drive. Like, as a kid, I just always had different hobbies and different projects and fixations. Like, I would fixate on something and do a really deep dive into it. And then two weeks later, it would be absolutely gone. That was one of my absolute greatest fears with failure tank i thought i was gonna go in on it and then like Mm. drop it you know yeah um and i didn't want i didn't want to flake out on it like Mm -hmm. i knew in a lot of ways it was bigger than myself and i'm really happy that whether i've intentionally stuck with it 
or it's just like happened intrinsically that's how it's gone and literally like every time I sit down and work on it whether I'm doing numbers or like anything else it just feels exciting and maybe that's part of my like journey as a new entrepreneur is like we I'm doing everything uh but I hope and I know that pieces of that magic will stay throughout this route um and in terms of spilling the tea on future things i'm happy to just drop what's coming down the line okay should i just should i just speak my manifestations into this mic let's do it okay well this isn't a manifestation this is actually happening (laughs) um they're in production right now which is really exciting Mm -hmm. fill your tank on ox will be the second game produced and it prompts players to cue songs based on prompts um that are built around memories experiences um and some of them are like play a song that reminds you of your father or play a song that should be on every party pregame playlist um they vary and there's a lot of them but that's gonna be really fun and I'm so excited for the campaigning around it just because I think there's so much you can do with music Mm -hmm. also Chloe I want to talk to you about this um at some point we'd love your brain on this um something that I'm working on right now which is the third deck is fill your tank lift off and it's going to be existential questions for when you're high or drunk or like on like it's going to be like lift a, off is such a good isn't that funny wait i didn't know about this and the branding is going to be like a really colorful shroomscape <laughs> wait this is amazing i did not know that this was happening yeah and the <gasps> questions are ridiculous like wait. they're so absurd oh this is this is making me so excited for you earlier in the semester when i was planning it we got home from a party one night. I was crossed. And um, Kenna, Lib, and I played it, and we were cackling. Like, it, Wait, it's this so is, fun. That's yes. genius. So that one's going to be really fun. I think it will do well, too, because it's, like, yeah. in the party room. Um, and eventually I want to make a journal. Mm. But I don't know when. Yeah. But also, like... Something also that I really appreciate about Fill Your Tank is that it's so versatile and that you can play with yourself. Like, you can just bring out the cards and, like, if you're wanting to, you know, do some reflection or just, like... I use them for journal prompts. Yeah, you can use them for journal prompts. You can use them by yourself in a group in the car. Like, the versatility of it is something that I think is really sets it apart from other competitors, I guess you could say. But... Totally. I'm so excited. So much more oh, to come. Yeah. So many ways to fill your tank. <laughs> All righty. Well, that brings us to the end of not only this episode, but also Perspective Season 3. So, Miranda, thank you for coming on and rounding out this season with me. This is very special and just awesome to end it with you thank you for having me i've loved this season of perspective have personally listened to a lot of the episodes honored um would highly recommend sophisticated spreads and that's what's going on that's what's going on All 
Alrighty, well, listeners, make sure to follow Miranda on her socials to see the behind the scenes of what being a company founder is really like, as well as fill your tank to stay up to date on all things about Miranda's company, both of which will be linked in the description of this episode. And lastly, don't forget to follow Spec Mag USC on Instagram so you can stay up to date for when we return for Perspective Season 4 the last and final, which is so crazy. But I'm your host, Chloe Kopsky. Thank you for listening to the season finale. I appreciate your constant support and listenership. And I'll be back next season with even more inspiring USC student founders and stories.